0: Thank you for listening to the Successful Life Podcast. We have no dues or fees, so please refer this podcast to a friend. Make sure you rate, review, and hit the subscribe button. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Trevor and... Kale, they are the real business owners. Are at? Is that right? At real, yeah, the, at the, real
2: business owners on Instagram. Um, we have a podcast as well. Real business owners on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere. Basically, you know, you can listen to a podcast as well as um, on Facebook. It's just under Real Business Owners. So very cool. All
0: right, so all,
2: go ahead. Able to find, but find us under that name. Awesome. So we were just talking. Now I completely. I, where the what, where, what well, well we were talking about you know side hustles initially just as an employee right when you're initially an employee and you're trying to think of you know things to do for yourself. a lot of the things that you do start out as a side hustle right and then and then you kind of slowly make that transition over to entrepreneurship full time and we you you and Kel were talking about how he got fired from one of his jobs because he had a side hustle. And the business owner said, you know, look, you're not in 100%, then you're not in it at all, see you later. Basically, probably was a, a moment of, you know, fear, loss, this, that, the other, that ended up turning into, you know, one of the best moments probably of his life that re- uh, well, re- reshifted some things.
1: My old boss, I looked up to him a lot, so I was like, you know, I, I was pretty... Heartbroken. I was like, man, I don't, I don't get to work with my dudes no more because yep. we had a pretty cool sales team going. Uh, but he did tell me, he said, you'll probably thank me one day, you know, but I'm kicking you off the fence. Those were his exact words. Kicking you off the fence, dude, you're out. Damn. You'll probably thank me one day.
0: <laughs> you know what's so interesting about that is I was, I was my boss's, like, I was his right-hand man. Like, yeah. I, I was the number one. I, did, I, I was the number one. I was a trainer. So, and I was number one in our whole company and it was probably 10 gems. Like it was a 10, 10 gem chain and excluding two months out of the whole five ish years I was there. I was the top salesperson. So I was his guy, like, we were tight. I was probably the only dude that was tight with him. Like I knew more about him than anybody did. And I think, honestly, I think it, it, it was really hard. For him to do what he did, and I think if it would have trickled through him first, I would not have gotten fired. But, like you, it was a moment of, like you said, heartbreak. It was a moment yeah. of fear, for sure. And it, but it was time for me to make a leap that I would have never made if they had Looked to fire me. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, well, dude, dude, it was scary, man, because I wasn't making any money off my side hustle yet. It was all going back into the business, and then I just lost one hundred thirty to one hundred thirty or one hundred fifty thousand dollars income. You know, because that's about what I made was $150,000, right around there. Yeah, and uh, it was like I had just bought a house, moved my family in. You know, a bigger house, like had all these new lifestyle expenses, and it was like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? So, that's actually where we started the business, man, was in the basement of my house. It was unfinished. We just had, you know, walls framed up, but no sheetrock. So, we were like hanging carpet up around our computer desk to kind of like buffer the sound so we could call our clients. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, did you guys, but you guys didn't start together. Nah, no. Yeah. We actually go way back to uh we worked we worked at a company in sales together years before we kind of went different paths. He went to work for a guy up in Salt Lake City. I went to work for a guy down here in St. George, the tax and accounting company. And then it worked out to where he came back to work for our company, my other partner Jeremy. And uh man you know, Trev's just really good with people and, you know, he's a great manager, a leader, a great sales guy. And so it got to the point where I could see like he's ready to do his own thing. You know what I mean? He's ready to go on and do his own thing. So I was like, man, we should either figure out how to partner with Trevor or he's going to go do his own thing. Yeah. Know,
2: so. Kel was the boss that didn't come and, and, and kick me off the fence. Yeah. You know, I have a side hustle yet, <laughs> yeah. but I had told him previous with one of my other friends Uh, With Garrett. Garrett, Yeah. Yeah, I I went to, I mean, I was honest with him. I, you know, straight up and said, Hey dude, we're going to probably end up doing something for ourselves or whatever me and one of my buddies. And you know, I have a, a, a past of drug addiction, a very very Uh, bad drug addiction. Are you kidding me? uh, So I was a heroin addict with a needle in my arm every day for about three to four Uh, years. And I had one of my good buddies that we both got clean, but so we started making money again in sales and I was working for Kel and you were clean the whole time. You were, I was clean the whole time when, when I, when I was working for Kel. So after I got clean, I got back into sales and got back into the game. Right. And so did my, my, my buddy. Um, He ended up relapsing and, and and going back to some of that stuff. And when I found out about that, I then went back to Kel and said, dude, it's not happening. I'm not going to go into business with somebody that's using drugs because that's just not going to end well. Right. So I kind of recommitted to and saying that's that's off of the table. I'm not going to do anything with him um, at this point in time. And uh, so I I don't know if it was just that conversation that I was going to do something. And then years later, some stuff happened with inside of the company that uh, that I was working for that he owned, where it kind of there was another partner that that uh, took it down a path that you know, where it lost a couple hundred thousand dollars one year. There was no money left in the account. There was 66 grand in credit card debt. There was really nothing. And there was employees that needed to be paid. And, you know, uh, these guys came to me and, you know, I talked to them because I was kind of running it a little bit at that point. And we were trying to figure out how to salvage the company and how to make this thing work. And, you know, I told them I'd come in with money, you know, and I want to be able to run it a certain way. And there was an outside partner, That didn't agree with some certain things. So he got, they said, they said, okay, you're gone, Trevor, you're in. Um, And then I took over that company. I don't know if it was 2011 or 2012, something like that. And it was like a $700,000 turnaround the the first year that I took it over. And then since then we've started business after business after business. Um, Kel has his strengths. He's great at networking and nurturing relationships, you know, for the long haul a lot of the times I like to squeeze the juice out of a relationship a little too soon. Uh, <laughs> you know, and if it doesn't show value, I'm like, you know, fuck that. Let's go, let's move on to the net, you know? And I'm like, why are you still talking to this dude or whatever? And then like eight months later he ends up being like a lead source for us or something. And Kel looks like a genius and I look like an asshole. But, um, <laughs> so, so the I, reason I, I got there, you got the reaction that you got from me when you said that
0: and I fucking kid you not, I swear to God, There might be one person in the last 20 people I've interviewed that did not have that exact – because I'm sober 10 years. I had no idea that you had anything, that you had any kind of past. Everybody – I think one person is the only person that I've talked to that has not had some kind of fucking addiction or some kind of alcohol or something, which uh, that's why it blew my mind when you said that because – I had absolutely no idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, I posted about it a little bit, mm-hmm. not 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 a whole lot, you know, because I didn't want to make real business owners just about me and my past, right? Sure. I'm just trying to take the lessons that we've learned, um, you know, over the years and and give it to, to give it to people so that maybe they can, you know, learn from our mistakes rather than going down some of those same paths.
1: But we want we want people to know, man. Like, <coughs> you really can't be anything dude no matter where you come from you know in this country in the you know the economy that we have and even in a a different economy that we have here in america anyway like dude you can start anywhere and end up on top man like not that we're on top we're we're we're, we've reached some great levels of success we're nowhere near where we want to be but you know shit man i had my first kid in high school um you know uh started Pushing freaking grocery carts at a grocery store with a broken arm because I broke my arm snowboard and I had a pregnant girlfriend. I didn't. I dropped out of high school just to push grocery carts and, you know, feed my kid. And and he comes from a drug addiction. And you know, man, it's like it's like so. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from. It's a matter where are you going. And there's really no excuse. Like, we want to help people get the information they need to get there. If we could do it, they can do it. You know, it's so true.
2: Like, if you grew up poor check. We we're there. Uh, bad grades in high school or in school, check. we. That's us. A drug addiction, that's me. Kid in high school, that's him. Like, what's your excuse? Tell me an excuse of why you can't be successful so that we can just shit on it because it's, there is no excuse. There's no valid <laughs> excuse anyways. It might be an excuse to make yourself feel better about why you're not where you want to be so that you can give yourself that warm fuzzy. Well, I'm not there because of you know, they're special or they're this, or that they like to label people as something that they're not to make themselves feel better about where they're at. Victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we just don't play that game. Yeah. Know?
0: Yeah. 100%. It's, it's, I feel like people play the, you know, play the victim because either they're lazy or yeah, the, the, the list could go on for days. Yeah. The excuses, like you said, that people give and you're right. There's absolutely. And look, I, I'll be the first to tell you two months ago. So I lost my hormone replacement clinic in October of 2018. And and I'll give you just the, the short scenario of that. I played um, owner and I, I didn't I was not a team player. I thought I was a team player, but I was not a team player. That was the biggest reason that. That the business went south. The In second terms
2: of culture, you, you couldn't keep up the culture, or what?
3: Attention, contractors of the Successful Life Podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, successfullifepodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning when Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out.
0: So I went into it like I, so I went into it not knowing a whole lot about testosterone and growth hormone. I didn't realize the complexity of it. Mm. And so I opened this clinic with a guy that graduated that has a third grade education, but made all of his money in construction. So He invested. I invested what I had. I sold my personal trading business and we, he went into it as the, the silent investor, which as you probably know, nobody is ever fucking silent.
2: Yeah. I was just (laughs) going to say, usually the investors are the most noisy. They want to know where their money's at, what's going on. They want reports on a weekly, if not daily basis, just to feel good about where their money is. Exactly. Exactly. So Uh, so I had to, I basically
0: had to do everything. I had to build it from the ground up. I mean, I I had a a little bit of help from a guy that we paid, but not enough help to get started really. And so I had to go and learn all this shit as we were going. And I had nurse, I had a nurse practitioner or a PA working for me at all times because they had to write the script. Of course. Uh, and then I had a nurse, And and the problem is like I could train all all the doctors were trainable, believe it or not. The nurse, the, the, uh, licensed practical nurse, she thought she knew everything. So it made me question what I was doing because I was new as shit, you know? And I, I thought I knew this was the, I was going off what I was told. So, so then I was told, well, this is not right. Well, now I've got a conflict. Because I think that I'm right, because that's what I've been told. But then there's laws that say that maybe I'm not right. Long story short, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have a, I didn't, I didn't know enough to be a leader, if that makes sense. And so I tried my best, um, you know, but the second part of the story is my partner started fucking that the girl. That I fired, I, I didn't know. I had absolutely no idea, so I didn't even find this out until January of 2019. So we went through the lawsuit and all kinds of shit to find out. His wife calls me and she's like, "Hey, um, what do you know about what's her name?" And I'm like, well, "What? Do, what do you mean?" She said, "Oh, well." Your partner's been fucking her for the last x number of months, and I'm like, "What? And so what really happened in addition to my shitty leadership skills is this this girl got in his ear and basically talked her way back in and talked me out, really? Yeah, dude, and then got in and ran up. I, I bet you she spent a half a million dollars in a matter so this of
2: This is the lesson to all women listening. You have more power than you realize. Yeah, dude. You take over companies, take right. over the
0: world, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. And so,
0: yeah. And break <laughs> up a marriage. She kept her marriage, even though he knew, which I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, And so it was a, t- it was a tough time for me over mm-hmm. the, you know, for the last X number of months, I got, I, you know, I, was I, I'm figuring out I was in a mild depression. I mean, I kept my head up, but it wasn't easy because I couldn't quite figure out what the fuck it was. I sold my other business and, you know, personal training. One, I I didn't want to do that anymore. Mm. And two, um, you know, to open another hormone replacement clinic, I was working with a larger company out in Vegas. They kind of dropped the ball. So it's been one thing after another. It's all been things that have gotten me to this place here, really, is what has happened. But that dark hallway between the door opening, our door closing, and the door opening is, is pretty fucking dark sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until I went to um, I went to Arte Live in St. Louis, and things changed for you me. you talking about the one just this year or last year? Just like two months ago, less less than two months ago. Okay, and I met a guy as I was getting ready to leave. The guy that I interviewed first on my podcast, Ryan, and I asked him. I said, "This Mike's been sitting here three months prior to this, by the way, which I didn't even turn it on because I didn't know what the fuck. Uh, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, and that was what I told myself. Well, you don't know what the hell you're doing, so just wait. Well, so I I, I put myself in a position where I didn't have any choice but to learn because I. I got him on, I got him to commit that he would be my first person. Well, at this point, I'm not going to let him down and I'm not going to look stupid. So I had to grind my ass off to figure out how to even start a damn podcast. And, and so here we are, you know, and I've interviewed a lot of fucking cool ass people. And, and ironically, it's not been that hard getting people to come on. And I've had, amazing conversations with every single person in depth conversations about personal shit, which makes, I I feel like I'm in the right spot.
2: Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, the reality is, is at one point when you were in that dark hallway, you thought you were alone and nobody else knows what you feel like because when you're in a dark place, you do feel alone and you feel like nobody understands you. But anybody in the entrepreneur space they all understand each other because the rules of the game are the same for everybody. Everybody will go through dark periods of time and they will feel alone and scared and nervous, excited. I mean, you're going to have a whole roller coaster of emotions in, in this entrepreneurship game. And when you get on the phone with people and you realize a lot of them have had past drug addictions or past problems or no, they weren't all born rich. They don't have parents that have money that bar- they, they, they've carved their own way in the world. And they're hardened because of some of those dark times that they've gone through. Not, not because they didn't go through hard times. The fact is that's what created the success is having to learn how to deal with the shit that molds you into who you need to be so that you can pop out the other side. And so we're, we're all cut from the same cloth. Nobody's getting special treatment in this business game. Business doesn't give a shit who you are, what your age is, what your color is, what, how much you weigh, it's going to put you through the same shit, whether it's me, whether it's Kel, whether it's you, it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's not prejudiced against anybody. You will equally go through dark times, high times, low, whatever, right? That's just a business game that we all chose to play. But you know, it's those times right there. That's one of the reasons why real business owner exists is because there's many times that I get DMS or, you know, we get comments of people stating like, man, like this is exactly what I needed to hear because we've been through dark times. We've, we've struggled as entrepreneurs. They might see that we're, that we have success now, but it's based upon a lot of struggle. The success is always built on struggle
1: and we'll still have it.
2: You Guaranteed. Know, like
1: it's, you know, we're, we're, we listen to podcasts. We go on people's podcasts, people come on podcasts. Cause we can all learn from each other, yeah. you know? And it's like, that's what's cool about this, this podcast. But dude, I, I think, you know, you're on the right track, man. Like, yeah. You're taking accountability. You're like, dude, I knew, like, I thought I was a good team player, but I'm, I wasn't. I had a lot to learn. I thought I knew about hormones, but I didn't. Yeah. You know, like, you're taking full accountability, which is, dude, that's a, that's a huge that's step, man. A, that's and a now, big and pill to swallow. You're right. It shifted you to a new direction to where now you're doing what you're doing now, and and uh, going even further than you did with your last business venture. So I think that's cool, man. The accountability, I think, is the biggest part of that. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what catapulted that part really is, you know, I went to go see Tony Robbins in November of twenty eighteen and he said, you know, if one book if you need to you need to read is Thinking Grow Rich, which I know both of you have read that book. Uh, um, or at least I would imagine you have. Um
1: He can grow races. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. And
0: so, you know, I came home and I went through that book three times. And the one thing, one of the things that really stuck out was, is that, you know, you're the, it was basically you're, if you're, if anything goes wrong and it's your business, it's your fucking fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, and and, and it hit me hard because it really was my fault. I didn't do enough research before I got into it. And I got excited, and there's a whole list of shit that I would not do again. Yeah, um, the only
2: time that you won't accept fault is if your ego's too big. And because that, the only yeah. thing that you're protecting by not accepting fault is your ego. Right, the last thing that you want to do is have a chink in your armor because it hurts. It hurts to admit that you were wrong. But if you stri- if you stripped away the ego in general, it wouldn't hurt at all. Very so in a point. lot of cases, your ego could serve you. And then in a lot of cases, your ego works against you. So I, I'm a firm believer that some of, some of our strengths that we have in specific scenarios are also our weakness, right? So if I'm, if I'm very confident and have a, a large ego and I'm a sales guy, I might make a ton of money in sales. But that might not serve me over here in a relationship because I might not ever be able to admit that I'm wrong because my ego's, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. in certain areas, your strengths can serve you. You need to figure out where your strengths serve you and where they could ultimately hurt you because an ego within with inside of a relationship will probably be the most biggest detriment to the relationship because you just never want to be wrong because that will ultimately hurt your ego. Therefore, you're going to fight, 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 fight your way out of a, a potential good relationship because you're trying to protect the ego, right? But over here, it serves you very well. So I'm, I'm a big believer that, uh, you know, y- your strengths is all, in certain scenarios are also your biggest weakness if you're, if you're not careful, but it takes a, it takes, it takes an individual that removes themselves from the ego to be able to accept what you accepted and to really look at yourself and say, you know what shit that was on me. I could have done a lot of things better. And once you remove the ego from the scenario, you can learn those lessons much quicker. Right. Quit trying to protect yourself and, and and validate, you know, oh well, that happened because of this, this, this. No, it happened because of you. Yeah. you. You allowed any of those scenarios or circumstances into your life because you didn't have to do that. So it really does all boil down to me. It boils down to Kel, it boils down to you. Whatever our scenario is, we just as long as we take ownership of it, then that gives us the control back. Yes. see what I I'm agree. saying? So yeah. if it's a negative scenario and you and you say, no, that's because of this, that, that's basically you admitting that your life is completely out of control and you have no control over the outcome, which is not a good position to be in. <laughs> but once you admit fault and guilt, that puts you back in the driver's seat where you have full control, where you can now steer it into a positive.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'll tell you another thing too, you know, doing this podcast, like, you know, I I don't know how to monetize a fucking podcast. I have absolutely no idea, but I didn't start it for that reason. And you all know this because I know you know this because just sitting here talking to you for the free time I have, you know that if you go into something with a good intent and not chasing the fucking money, yep. like what, you know, in some shape, form, or fashion, it'll all come back around as long as you're not doing it for that reason. And, and so I'm really not doing this for that reason,
2: but the clinic,
0: different ballgame.
2: All I was focused on was the money. Was the money. Here. So here's the deal. that You can do one of two things. You can either chase money or you can attract money. And, and in regards to attracting money, is starting a podcast a, a, an ability to attract money? Yes. That's a, that's that. so, so if you're doing all the right things on a day-to-day basis, that's not chasing money. That's attracting money. Agreed. You're writing down things you're grateful for. If you have goals, if you're showing up on a day-to-day basis, if you're giving it consistency, those are all traits of attracting success. Starting a podcast, you know, enforcing yourself just to, you know, figure it out. That's a decision that ultimately just attracts success. You're not chasing the money. You're not doing it for that reason. So the real question is, is what people need to do is sit back and ask themselves, Am I chasing money in this scenario or am I making a decision that ultimately leads to money wanting to come to me, right? And being an individual of value. So you're trying to put out information that's valuable to other people. And that's, that's a trait where you're, you're potentially attracting money eventually to you. And I'm a firm believer that you're either chasing or attracting real business owners that just attracts money. Sure. We're not chasing. We're just giving, 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 giving. And we're starting to see just barely more more so the windfall of, you know, people reaching out to us and saying, Hey man, I know you guys own easier accounting. We'd love for you guys to do our bookkeeping, our taxes, or can I get a quote from you? And we're not really even asking anybody for that. I just uh, made a video yesterday that we'll, that we'll drop here in a few days where we'll actually present our first offer that we've ever presented on real business owners in the eight or nine months that we've had it. Um, and we're and, and we're still getting business out of it that's the difference of chasing money versus attracting it you know? that's awesome so
0: it, this is I'm so glad you just went through all that because this is a perfect example so I have a friend that's starting um you know and I don't know the ins and outs of the legalities of the cannabis business like I help broker some some CBD products some hemp yeah but but that's not where I'm going with that, where I'm going with this is I have a friend in California that is heavily into cannabis and he is a fucking great dude. Yeah. And he's putting together, I guess for the lack of better words, like it's basically a co-op from what I understand, whatever. And I kind of understand what a co-op is, you know, where everybody comes together. Yeah. Uh And, and I can't really describe it because I don't understand exactly but I do know this one thing he is looking for is somebody to do the taxes for hundreds of people would be a huge project. And so I'm happy to set you guys up with him, have a conversation. Worst case scenario, you just have a fucking conversation,
2: me a cool yeah. dude, um, yeah. but it could be a great opportunity. No, we'd love that. Yeah. So that's, so we, for we, example, we, we said yes to being on a podcast saying, yes, we didn't expect to get anything out of this podcast. We were just (laughs) wanting to give our time and maybe give information that could benefit other people. And then now you're, you're sitting there saying, well, Hey, I know somebody that might be able to benefit from some of the stuff that you, that's it. Again, we're we're not chasing it. Sure. No, you're you're all the right decisions that ultimately attract the success for sure.
1: Some of our episodes too, man. Like every time we have chased, (laughs) A quick buck. It always we, sounds it like hurts. easy money. Yeah. to, you know, dude, it's every time we gotten burned. Like we've jumped into some things that were very, very pricey, you know, mistakes in the long run, but we're just like, Man, that's the pattern every time, time we, we chase the quick buck. Yeah. So, so we, like what, give you me-
0: Example, what, what is an example where you were yeah, like,
1: we've got friends making millions of dollars selling nutraceuticals, man, like skin creams and diet pills and stuff all over the internet. And so yeah. we drop a quarter million dollars into running our own offer. These guys know they're experts. They know exactly what to do this, that, the other. And we jump into it, man. And yeah, we're making sales, but there was all these hands in the pot, just pulling, pulling, pulling money out. And uh, everything, man, from CRMs to traffic to everything. Then we find out terms and conditions weren't even written properly because we're ignorant to that whole compliance side of that business. And next thing you know, we're like, "Yo, this thing's not actually what we thought it was." We we're, we're gonna shut it down. Yeah. So I mean, we basically we walked away from. I, I mean, we were able to build some of the money back out, but we walked away from well over two hundred thousand. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, so,
0: how was your marketing? Okay, so I owned a company called PharmaFit Science, and we. Yeah. Uh, we have a a really close friend that is uh, a part owner of high-tech pharmaceuticals. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's the Mm -hmm. largest manufacturer of nutraceuticals in the whole fucking world. Anyway, it's huge. And so we're like, all right, we've got, you know, this guy owns half of it. We definitely, this is like, this is a no brainer. Yeah, right. We set everything up and then we started putting stuff out on Facebook flagged put stuff out on Facebook, flagged. I mean, yeah. it, and then the next, I look over and the same fucking product was being is being marketed uh, by a different company yeah.
1: because of the money. But I, and, and we couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden, MasterCard's got all these new regulations. And Visa's got all these new regulations. And we're like, whoa, what's going on, yeah. you know? And then these guys are like, dude, we don't know. It's even out of our control. And they're supposedly the experts Fight. that are our partners or that we hired. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was like, well, we see our buddies all making millions of dollars at this industry. They tell us how easy it is. They're going to guide us. Seem like a no-brainer. We chased the quick, easy buck. Yeah. Dude, money right out the window. Yeah, nice tax write-off. We got out of that. So. No shit.
2: No shit. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. Carol, and uh and one of our other partners each put put in seventy five thousand dollars of our personal money, and it's just gone. Yeah. So we haven't seen it. We haven't seen a dime back from it. So. Damn. But we chose to walk away after we we found some things out that we really didn't like about the industry in general in terms of what Kel said. The way they're marketing. The way they're marketing and the, the, the terms and conditions weren't properly outlined. There was just certain things that we just didn't vibe with. And by the time we got so deep into it, we could have said, let's salvage it and try to pull the money back out and write it out for the next six months and then shut it down. Or we can just shut it down now and just walk away from you know, $225,000, which is basically what we did. We'll be lucky to get, you know, 40 grand back. If that right now, there's an account sitting there with like 10 G's in it
1: with at this reserves. point.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're $215,000 out right now. So, um, well, you know, but well, that was all just trying to chase quick money, right? So rather than building a real business that you, that takes three to five years to build, you know, and eat shit for the first three years, then have it break even, start making some money after two or three years. Uh, the real money you start making, you know, four or five years deep into a business. And everybody goes into you know a startup with all the enthusiasm that they're going to make a bunch of money year one, and then as they start realizing that shit just doesn't happen like that, that really thins the herd a lot the first year or two, um, and and separates the pack of who really wants it and uh, who just thought it would be cool to have, right? Yeah, so. yeah, no, you're right. But to your point about the money that you lost, so my guy,
0: my my old partner, business partner, he is still throwing money at that fucking business, dude. I mean, we were, at least, he's, when I walked away, we were probably a half a million in debt. And the girl drug another half a million in debt. There's, no telling. He, it's like, it's like a game. It's like somebody sitting at the poker table. I was just going to say fucking
2: gambling, fucking losing dude. And it's like, away. can't walk away. You're so deep now yeah. that it's like it, another couple hundred grand, because if I'm that close to making it work, you're chasing that's, that's drug addict mentality, right? You're just yeah. chasing. And, and when you, when you talked about, you know, a lot of people that you've interviewed, that's had addiction problems. I think, I think every entrepreneur has an addiction problem it's whether or not they've tried drugs that's the only <laughs> thing right. right they just right. you know Kells never really been had addiction problems but he's also never been an individual that because he had a child so young he never got wrapped up into the party scene mm. where that whole mix was there because an entrepreneur has to have an addictive personality you have to be willing to to chase that money and 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 keep showing up day after day you're an absolute idiot for showing up day after day and you're not making any money and you're pounding your head against the wall. That's you're, you're, you're addicted to the chase. You're addicted to wanting to be successful. Um, it's just a matter of removing a negative addiction and adding something positive and focusing those addictive energies down a path that could change your life for the better, not the worse. Right? So Uh, I'm not surprised by that at all. Uh, Addicts are some of the most resourceful people on the planet. They wake up broke every single morning, but they figure out a way to get what they need to get uh, by the end of every single day. And then they do it again and again and again. So if you use that same resourcefulness into something positive, like starting a business, making those extra phone calls, communicating with this person or that person, creating the contacts that you need to be successful, chasing that rather than chasing a high is, is a little bit different. Right. So. Um, and it really, it feels better. It feels so much better to,
0: you know, to have this conversation with you guys. And if somebody, if it helps one person, then it was worth the the time that we've spent together. And well, of course, and I'm going to hook up with the guy, which that who the fuck knows what that may do, but that's, yeah. but, but the point is, is like, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we do chase the feeling of it is a high when you you get that win
3: Mm -hmm. or
0: when, when you see something just a little bit of light in that tunnel. Like for me, in that shift, I knew and I still know there's something so much bigger out there for me, and I know that I'm working towards that. I can't get caught up in the how. Because if I do, I'll fake myself right out of it. And so, you know, I just have to keep thinking with that mindset and keep busting my ass and things are going to fucking work out.
2: Well, that's why, you know, I mean, why the hell is Elon Musk still trying to make money? Good point. He doesn't need it. He's addicted to that next, you know what I mean? He's chasing that next high, that next thing. Same with... Ed my or any anybody that's worth billions and they don't need to work anymore. Why the hell is Mark Zuckerberg still on the board or doing this? But like they don't need it they they're they're addicted there's some sort of addictive personality that makes them show up every single day and chase that new level, whatever that new level is for somebody making fifty grand a year, maybe it's the six figure mark that they've never touched right somebody that's made six figures, maybe they want to make a half a million or a million or ten million you know everybody. By the time you start getting up into those certain levels, you're going to have those people that, you know, how many, how many people have we seen make a hundred grand a year, 150 grand a year. And then they kind of just, they put themselves on autopilot or cruise control because they find a level of comfort Comfort. addicts, right. Or successful people. They just never find comfort. They're always, their comfort is in the chase. I mean, let's be real, right? Like there's, there's something comfortable about chaos. To, to an addict, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and so
2: you, you 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 create chaos, even if you're at a million dollar level and you're trying to get a ten million. there's so much chaos between making a million and 10 million. I mean, how much cra- crazier is times right now versus what it was two or three years ago, because we're at a completely different level. And we already know we've been talking, we're like, dude, this next year is going to be fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, because we're going from here to try to chase where you just eventually get comfortable in the chaos. No, and, and, you're that's, right. and that's really where you find things most rewarding, because if you sit back in comfort and say, you know, what? I did a good ass job. I have a ton of money. There's no there's then what? Right. Exactly. What, you gonna sit on a lazy boy and just slowly die. Not you know any, what I mean? And, and, yeah. and fade out uh, of the universe and just age and not accomplish anything. So you're addicted to chaos and accomplishment. I think entrepreneurs are. So.
3: I
0: agree. I, it's funny. I have and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I will catch myself if things are just normal and I'm driving down the road, I need the chaos so much that I'll just drive a hundred miles an hour just so I can feel like I'm having a little bit of chaos.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no apparent reason. You just got, you got to shake things up. You're like, damn, this is, that's, yeah. Yeah, agrees, <laughs> right. okay, you Absolutely. know, there's something, you look around see if there's any cops. It's just the, the it. outlaw mentality. Us, us entrepreneurs are kind of outlaws, you know, Yeah, for uh, sure. For day, so that's funny.
0: So uh, what do you guys have planned? Do you, do you guys do stuff for people on Thanksgiving or Christmas? Or, I mean, a lot of people like for me last year and I'm doing it again this year, I fed, we fed one family last year. We cooked their mm-hmm. food and took it to them anonymously. And I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. That was probably one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And we're gonna do it again this year, but we're not cooking the food. We're taking it and letting them cook it. Yeah. And I feel slightly indifferent about that because it don't I don't feel like I put in the work to yeah. get the feeling that I'm chasing, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: I, my wife loves to do that and I love being a part of it. So I kind of let her do that, man. Like we've we've did you know, brought Christmas to families and and meals to families and done that, and we love that. Uh, right now, I'm focused on doing stuff for our employees, man. Like, same
0: difference though. Same yeah, difference. Yeah, like our
1: employees, man. I mean, we dude, we wouldn't have what we have without them. <laughs> like, we're a team, you know. So my focus lately has just been on, okay, what am I going to do to recognize this guy, and what are we going to do for our company party, and what are we going to do for bonuses this year, and like, I want to truly like make people feel like. They, I want them to feel our gratitude, you know, the people that are, that are here with us, a part of our team. Um, but outside of work, I do I do love being a part of that stuff too, man. But my wife usually lines that stuff up, to be yeah.
2: honest. I yeah. Think that, I what, they're, 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 they, so I got a text last night. Um, so during Thanksgiving, our family, you know, as we all get together, they call them blessing bags. So where you put together, like, uh, beanies, gloves, deodorant, Uh, some little bit of food, snacks, basically where you get one of the big, huge ziplocks and you fill it up with just almost supplies. And then everybody will keep kind of two in their cars for the next two people that they see struggling on the street. Then they just hand out those uh, little bag of gloves and beanies and socks. And, you know, that's actually really cool.
0: A friend of mine used to put cook uh, cookbook I call it coupons. I don't know if that's how you fucking pronounce it. That's what I call it. But so that's what he would do. He would take random shit. Like he would take, you know, crackers and whatever, just like I said, snack shit. And then he would put like McDonald's coupons. Like if it was for a free, whatever burger or whatever, but it was a pretty interesting idea. Um, Last year we went around and tried to, I got this idea after we did the Thanksgiving thing because of the, you know, it did make me feel really good. I was like, well, let's go and we'll hand out blankets to the people that are, you know, standing on the side of the road asking for money. They did not want their fucking blankets. Yeah. I just couldn't give them away. Yeah. Like, no, we're good. Every yeah. motherfucking one of them.
2: They're like, no, I'm good. I got a blanket at home. Right. So don't, just give me the money. Like I need to keep my lights on. You know, like, <laughs> right? <asshole. laughs> you know, go go get a regular ass job there, then. Right. Uh, but where do you live, live, Corey? Uh, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Where are you guys? Okay. St. George, Utah. Okay, cool. And we're about an hour and twenty minutes outside of Vegas. So oh, Okay. We're, we're we're in the southern part of Utah. We share a lot of the same desert heat as Arizona and and, and Nevada, right there. So very cool. No, I there. lived in Vegas for a year.
1: You did long yeah, time ago. Heat. You know, I 15, like, man, you just go North and you run right into our town, yeah. but we don't got we don't got a ton of like homeless or panhandlers yeah. in our town. We got to go to Salt Lake or Las Vegas if we want to see those. Yeah. Oh know?
2: yeah. I mean, Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. We have a, 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 I mean, it's a smaller, smaller city that's, that doesn't have all of the, the homeless problems or anything like that. So, we're just kind of the pass-through city in, in between Vegas and Salt Lake. So
0: that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I would not imagine being homeless in a desert would be. I, I would probably choose somewhere else.
2: Well, in the winter time, it's not bad because at least there is not <laughs> snowy. But That's in true, mid-July when it's 115 degrees, then you're probably just looking for shade. You
1: know, dude. Yeah. So. Homeless snowbirds, man. You just go to Oh right. <laughs> <In the laughs> summer, summer, yeah. Homeless yeah. snowbirds.
2: Yeah. Funny. I got my winter home and my <laughs> right. winter bridge and my summer bridge.
0: Uh can you imagine? I mean, I you know, I don't know if either one of you guys have ever been homeless. I've never slept under a bridge, but God, I tell you right now, it, it came came close when I before I got sober. That's for damn
2: sure. Same. 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 Yeah, that's so you, mean, I mean,
0: so you really quick and we'll wrap up in a moment, but so you, you did heroin. I mean, the percentages of even, you know, people in AA to, uh, the success rate is very small, seven to 8%. Yeah. Heroin addicts are like next to fucking no percent.
2: Yeah. Am I right about that? It's really, yeah. really low. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very low. I still have, uh, still, still know people that struggle with it that I used to, that, that I used to hang out with. And the individual that I was talking about in the beginning of our conversation has since passed away. Uh, one of my good buddies, it was about a year and a half ago. I had to speak at his funeral because of, uh, uh, he lost his life to addiction. He, he, he fell asleep and didn't wake up. Um, I don't know what he took or anything like that. he, at that, by that point, he was, he was, he would hide it from me, right? He wouldn't talk about that. I would try to say, Hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I still got my problems, you know, no big deal. And then he would kind of skirt the subject. But um, yeah, no, that's a, it's a, it's a very, 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 very difficult thing to, to get away from. Um, most people definitely relapse because um, even if it's bad, it's still familiar to them. Right? So when, when, when we have a bad scenario and we're sober, it's like, we don't know how to deal with these feelings, but as an addict, they can always go back to, even if it's a bad place, at least they're familiar with it. So there's something comfortable about something being familiar, even if it is negative, well, Sure, you
1: know, from the outside looking in, cause I've watched this journey from the outside. Um, it, it comes down to a choice, man. Like these guys choose to stay in that Whatever, whatever serves them, they choose to stay in that. Trevor found something bigger than him that kept him from wanting to go back to that. So he makes choices every day to be a better person for his loved ones, his family, his child. I mean, I dude, he met he met his wife working at this company before he was an owner and had a child with her. And I've watched him go from making a decision to say, "Okay, it's my choice." to be better for them. Right. He found something bigger than him to choose a new habit, choose a new life. Like his, his addiction now is the, you know, is, is entrepreneurship. It's not heroin, you know, and that's better for him and his family. And so it's, it, it's, it's just comes down to a choice, man. Like people are choosing things. To, they're staying in that, in that addiction. Cause it serves them somehow and they haven't found something bigger than them to make choices to go a different direction. And that's just my outside perception. I've never been addicted to heroin i mean i think we all have our addictions in some but fashion some sort of um, so i just you know. you know but i've never had that addiction with heroin but i've watched trevor did when like we when we've gone to on trips and out to vegas with friends and all this stuff for a long time very long time trev wouldn't come he's like no nah, i don't like i don't like put myself in the position to be in vegas man i just don't even like that yeah. I idea i don't want to even i don't even want to flirt with that and so he that. wouldn't come you know, and but he, and dude, there's peer pressure there too. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man, we're just gonna go and gamble a little bit, and we're not gonna go hit some side streets looking for drugs. Come, dude, come on, bro. And, nope, I don't even want to put myself in that position. And it's like, okay, cool. We gotta respect that, and and he stayed strong in that choice because he has that bigger reason: him, his family, his children, the business. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it trust me,
0: I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta think about. I mean, Vegas is like to me in, early in sobriety. That's a fucking no brainer. Like, there's no chance in hell I would. I haven't been back to Vegas since I moved away. But I especially would not have gone to Vegas early in sobriety. Now I, I don't think it would matter whatsoever because I just don't. I just choose not to drink, um, and or do anything else for that matter. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, that. Yeah, you gotta you stay away from that shit when you're first starting out for sure. And you've been sober how long? Um, 12, uh, 12 years in July. Sweet. Okay. So I am I just turned, hit 10 in August. Okay. Cool. So, man. Yeah, man. Congrats. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, dude. Same to you, man. That's you know, awesome. I, 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 you know, I see a lot of people celebrate that stuff, uh, you know, and they, they post about it. Hey, I've got eight years clean or whatever, and everyone congratulates them. And I'm like, what about all the people that never tried it? You know, like, do they post, like, I've got 40 years clean? <laughs> Why are we celebrating something that you should have been doing anyways? That's exactly like, I'm, right. I'm not big, I don't talk. I, I, I just don't want to live in my past too much. I want to extract the lessons that, that, that I've taken from my past. Um, I talk about it to let people know that that we're not superhuman. You know, Cal could say, oh, yeah, I've had a kid at, at this age. No, he's not superhuman. He just put in a lot of fucking work. To get where we 're at no i 'm not superhuman, you know i I have vices and have had issues just like anybody else, but i i I think life is fucking hard for everybody across the board. Life does not discriminate difficulties uh based upon anybody, and I think that addicts choose to run back to something to at least have something to blame their problems on mm. right. That so, was good. That's, that's removing themselves of accountability. Like, look, dude, I'm a drug addict. Like, did it. So Now they're just labeling themselves as an addict, which releases them of a bunch of responsibilities. You know, So it makes you feel good because your only problem is you're an addict because if you weren't, you, you'd have everything figured out, right? You're a you're, victim of, yeah. ad, a victim of being an addict. No, yeah. that's bullshit. You're a victim of not wanting to really deal with issues head on, so you use a vice to go back to, to then blame the fact that you can't do shit yourself on that. You know, that's the reality of this scenario because there's many times I'm sure with inside your sobriety that you would have loved to go back to it, but you had to deal with the shit head on and you could have easily removed yourself from the scenario, went back to something negative and then not even thought about the problem that you need to deal with head on for a minute, you know? Um, And so it's, it's just a, you know, I honestly think it's kind of a get out of jail free card of life, right? Like I don't have to deal with life. I'm an addict, you know, as long as I deal with my addiction, that's the only problem I have to worry about, you know? Yeah, dude.
0: I, yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I really do. Um, I, I talk, it's like I said before, you know, it's so ironic. This comes up literally just about every phone call and, and and 95% of the time I have absolutely no idea. Um, but yeah, I I was on a phone call with a lady who she's on a uh, she has her she's the host of her own her talk show, and I didn't really speak out. I was never I haven't been very vocal until just recently about how I feel, you know, about AA and 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 I AA served its purpose for me when I first got sober. But when I started to understand the mind and, and the subconscious mind and the things that we say to ourselves and the labels, as you said before, that we put on ourselves, I started to realize if I stay, you know, if I stand up, I go to a meeting, if I were to go to a meeting three days a week and I stand up and say that I am an alcoholic, that's reinforcing that I'm fucked up and that I'm broken and that, uh, that there's a really good chance that. I'm not ever going to be anything different than that. Yeah, and so I choose to I mean, say I just don't drink. identify
2: as something that, Why would you identify that forever? You you shouldn't. That's yeah. the point. You're ex- you shouldn't because move if you move on, move right. on, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I never went to NA or AA. I just I, that, I never did, I, and I'm not against it because I know some people that it's truly helped everybody. Deals with life differently, right? Like some people on Sunday go to church. Some people they go to the lake. Some people golf on Sunday. Like everybody deals with their downtime and life in general to de-stress different. Everybody deals with recovering, uh, becoming a recovering addict differently. Sure. You know, I, I went up into the mountains and and shook myself uh, sober, right? Um, and got clean that way, sitting in a trailer some people go to jail and get clean and then some people use AA or NA or whatever it is. But I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the lifetime AA or NA because it's one you're remaining to stick around people that are still struggling using, which is not good for an addict that's been clean for five years that maybe has a weak point that some kid that's new into AA or NA or whatever has relapses. You you're close to, too close to drugs or too close to using in that. I think that that's a great system to utilize, but there should be a transition phase out of it into normal life to where you're not, you're, you're no longer, you know, Corey, the, the, the drunk or the alcoholic, right? You're just Corey now. Like you're, you're right. a great human being, you know, that's out and about trying to make his way through life, not Corey, the alcoholic, right. You know, Now you may be, Corey, the addict, you're just, you need to choose to be what addicted to, whether it's fitness, whether it's golf, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, everybody again has their own little vices and addictions, but it's, it's up to us to find something positive to be addicted to rather than something negative. But I don't want to be associated with my past forever, forever, the drug addict, you know, yeah, that's, that's this big of my life. Right. So what the fuck would I talk about it for 30 or 40 years? It, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, that's just not me. So it, it might work for a lot of people. It might upset people. That's fine. Um, again, I'm only talking from my experience. I've never used it. I've been fine uh, and, and been clean and never relapsed and never went to one NA meeting or AA meeting. So um, I can't say that it does good or bad. I know that it does good for some people. I know some people try it and it doesn't work for them. I think it really just depends on the mindset of the individual. So
0: so, um, we started a group that's going to be I mean, virtually, obviously, because, you know, but an outlet for people to go to with the same mindset as you and I that is recovery. But but it's not it's really trying to help people to understand where their mind can go and what how powerful it is and help people open up to their consciousness and not identify themselves as whatever you fill in the fucking
2: bucket. something negative yeah for sure why would you yeah i just don't i don't understand it but i agree with you in that in that regard yeah so all right well
0: look let i guess it's probably getting close to time for us to wrap up um guys i really appreciate the hell out of that do you want me to how do you want me to get you this
2: guy's information
0: do you want to call him you want him to call you how do you want me to do it
2: with the, uh I mean, cannabis I
1: mean, stuff I think it's probably fine
2: yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just i'll dm you Okay. And then we'll, we'll contact that way. And then maybe we'll just do uh, like a Facebook intro or drop his information, however you want to do it. You know, we, we'll, we'll figure it out on DM though, for sure. All right, cool.
1: Yeah. We appreciate cool. you thinking of us for yeah. that though, bro. Dude,
0: I appreciate I, you having I, us on as well, yeah. man. On yeah. your show. Thank you for giving me the time that you did. I really appreciate it more than you know. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. It's been incredible. Yeah. So you look like fucking Marky Mark.
1: <laughs> I'm sure, I know
0: you get that shit all
1: like, the fucking I've time. I've heard it like. a
2: time or two. Yeah. If yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So I
1: have like kind of reddish hair, you know? Yeah. And we're, we're down in Huntington Beach one time and this drunk dude walks up and he's all You look like Marky Mark. And he looks over at me he's like, You look like his no. brother Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> Red hair and shit. Oh, does it? I didn't know that. It was oh, so funny. I don't look like Donnie, but it was just a funny moment because Trevor <laughs> looks so much like Marky and he's hanging out with this redheaded dude next to him.
0: Fucking. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's funny, dude. As soon as we got on, I'm like, Jesus Christ, he looks just like him. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you get that shit a lot. But um, all right, guys. Well, thanks again. And if I can do anything for you, by all means, reach out and I'll and I'll connect with you guys about uh, my my boy Gally. All right.
2: Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks, Corey. It. It.
0: Thank you. Later, all right, brother. I want to thank you again for tuning in. Successful Life Podcast. If you have not already subscribed, please do. And look, if you really enjoyed today's episode, email me at SuccessfulLifePodcast at gmail.com and tell me what it was you enjoyed. And if there's somebody that you want me to bring on, then email me about that and tell me who it is and I'll make sure it happens. So, you know, leave us a review, tell a friend, and until next time, folks, have a good day. Thank
1: you.
3: Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast.